Blue Wire. Here's Thielen wide open. Touchdown, Minnesota. And it's picked off. Intercepted by Darius Slade. That's for Hopkins. Oh, my goodness. Did he catch that? That's the touchdown catch of the year. Antonio Brown goes up and gets it. Touchdown. Welcome to another episode of the Press Coverage Podcast. I am your host, former NFL and AFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. Um, if you're not following me on Twitter already, follow me at Eric underscore Crocker. Also follow the Press Coverage Podcast Twitter account at Press Cov Podcast. Tons of content, wide receiver, defensive back, um, all that good stuff. And I've gotten away from it. I've been moving, transitioning uh, the last um, couple of weeks, trying to get situated with that whole thing. And I've kind of fallen off from... You know, putting out content, especially at a crucial time like right now where there's tons of plays, everything going on, but I'll get right back to it, I promise, uh, once this move is done. All right. So um, with no further ado, I want to get right into this episode. All right. Now, the first thing I want to talk about today is it's a non-wide receiver defensive back thing, right? So I mean, I've done this a few times. Right? I've talked about Ezekiel Elliott. I've talked about Dak Prescott, contract situations, you know, all those different things. Uh, but there was something that happened Saturday. A couple of things. And I'm not going to talk about my Miami Hurricanes losing to Florida. It's pitiful. I'm not going to talk about Jimmy G uh, looking good, right? He looked good. He's throwing the ball around. That's great. That was really good for me to see. But let's talk about Andrew Luck and his sudden retirement and kind of just what it means, right? Um, I was really, you know, just like you guys, I was really caught off guard, blown away when I saw the alert. I'm like, wait a minute. I think everybody in the universe got the the message at the same time because as soon as I got the message, of course, you go to Twitter and you see everybody's reactions and you just see everybody just like, wait, what? <laughs> right? What? What is going on? Well, <clears throat> it's a real thing. Uh, Andrew Luck, he decided to retire and pretty much his body just fell apart. And I, I think that's part of football that, People don't truly understand. I I think they see it, but I I think a lot of fans, they just look at the game as entertainment, which it is. But these guys, their bodies are taking a beating. And Andrew Luck has taken the beating maybe more so than anyone else. I want to say early in his career, I'd say the first two, three years, nobody in football got hit more than Andrew Luck. Nobody. I mean, he's taking a beating. And for everything he was supposed to be, he is that, right? Um, you know, he was drafted number one overall. He he was as sure of a thing as you could be in football. Everybody looked at Andrew Luck like, you know, he was the the LeBron James of this generation as far as, you know, being a prospect goes. I mean, he, he took Stanford from the trash can to winning a BCS Bowl against, I believe it was Virginia Tech, right? So... Stanford was trash, and I know we kind of look at Stanford now, and they've been decent, uh, maybe not to the level that they were when uh, Jim Harbaugh was there, but, you know, and even then, David Shaw, he's done very well with that program over the last few years. Um, It's kind of falling down a little bit lately once uh, Christian McCaffrey left, but just from what Stanford was before Andrew Luck got there, a a one-win type team consistently. To and taking them to a BCS bowl game, that alone is a tremendous accomplishment. Now, going from that 
to going to a similar situation with the Colts. Yeah, we were so used to watching them with uh, uh, Peyton Manning. He, you know, uh, he had his neck injury, and they said, you know what, we're not going to win any games. We're going to tank it, right? They went 76er style, tanked it, and and got lucky, right? They they got lucky and got Andrew Luck, and he immediately turned that franchise back around and looked to be a Hall of Fame caliber type player. Now, it was hard to see for a while because a lot of talent around him wasn't very good. But once they kind of built the roster and everything, especially the last couple of years, they built, out the, they built up that, uh, that offensive line. You, you could just see, like, dang, you know, draft Quentin Nelson. They did something. Now, okay, let's get this defense right. They got him some more weapons. Um, it was going to be a team to really compete for an AFC title. And, you know, maybe a Super Bowl run. And he retired. Now, it, the, the signs were there. He missed all of offseason OTAs. Really, Jacoby Brissett has been the guy. We'll get to him in a second. I think he's very talented. But, you know, his, his body is just falling apart. And they don't even, I don't even think they know exactly what the issue is. His leg, his leg or his shoulder or, you know, whatever the case is. He's, you know, he's only played, been in the NFL seven years. Seems like forever, right? He's only been in the league seven years. He only played six. He missed an entire season um, due to injuries. This guy is banged up. So, I, 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 you know, listening to him, listening to his press conference, it sounds to me like he gave everything he got to the game. He gave everything he got to the city of, uh, he gave everything he had to the city of Indianapolis. And, and I think, that more than anything makes it more like, damn, when you hear the fans boo him. Now, I, I get it. Me being uh, close to the 49ers, sometimes I like to react. Actually, I don't re- typically react right away to certain things. I, I like to let things digest for a second and just see kind of how things play out. So I'm not really that big, like, reactionary person. But they were. And however many fans were there at that stadium that day, Lucas Oil Field, is that what it's called? Um, they booed him as he was walking out. You know, everybody got the alerts during the preseason game. I didn't even know they were playing. But during the preseason game, everybody got the same alert. Well, the fans are like, well, there he is right there. You know, he's walking off the field. And they start booing him. They boo Andrew Luck. I, I can only imagine how that felt for him to kind of really just give everything. I don't even know what the hell is wrong with you right now. But the, the damn fan base, the people that you did it for, you know, they booed you. I want to commend Andrew Luck on an awesome career, you know, took that team to the AFC Championship game, got their ass whooped by uh, Brady, Deflategate, but um, awesome career, and shame on you, Colts fans. So there have been a few times on this podcast where I've talked about the contract of Ezekiel Elliott, and kind of what it means for the running back position, and kind of what's happening to the running back position. I don't think people are making that position as much of a priority anymore. Now, there are the exceptions. There are, you know, the Saquon Barkley's of the world, which there's only one Saquon Barkley of the world. Um, You have even Todd Gurley, who I think Todd Gurley ultimately is kind of messing everything up for guys like Zeke. You have a guy who is super talented, right? Todd Gurley, when he stepped on the field, maybe most talented player, definitely on that team, a lot of times on the field. Well, they used him, and now all of a sudden he has a knee injury. He has a, a arthritis in his knee, or I don't think his knee will ever be the same. You guys saw it last year in the playoffs. He was on like a pitch count. Definitely wasn't moving with that same burst that he typically has. Um, the Rams don't play their starters 
pretty much at all during preseason. I don't think he took any preseason snaps. And you you kind of risk that. That, that, that. That's what happens with these running backs nowadays, right? So we're, actually, it's always been like that. The short uh, lifespan uh, as far as a running back's NFL career. So you have Ezekiel Elliott who's holding out. And the Cowboys offered him tall girly money. So he offered, you offer Zeke tall girly money. Remember the guarantee. I, I haven't seen the specific details on this contract. The guaranteed number is really all that matters. And maybe that's the reason why he possibly turned it down. But you offer Zeke tall girly money, and he still turns it down. At this point, if, if I'm Jerry Jones, I pull the contract. I'm not paying you anything. You can either play on this contract or I'll ship you off. And at the end of the day, if you can find the talented back, which is kind of late in the process now, so I mean, how how good is the rookie out of Memphis? I don't think he can carry the Cowboys to the playoffs. So that would be a huge hit. But can't let Ezekiel Elliott, who gets in trouble every single offseason, hold you hostage. And that's what's going on right now. So Cowboys... I'm very interested to see how that plays out and really, you know, how their whole contract and them spending money, how does that whole thing play out? Because they just played Jalen Smith. And, and and I think that should show somebody like Ezekiel Elliott, hey, you know, you stay out of trouble, you show up, you do what you're supposed to do, we'll take care of you. And I think Jerry Jones, he's been known to take care of people, right? He's taking care of his guys. Um, he took care of Quincy Carter, crackhead. But but um, Jerry Jones will take care of his guys. I think he wants to. He drafted Ezekiel Elliott extremely high. I, I said it before on the podcast. It was Jalen Ramsey that everybody wanted, but it, you know he wanted Ezekiel Elliott. He got his guy, and he's an elite running back. But the issue is you can't stay out of trouble, and now he wants money. And kind of reading between the lines with Jerry Jones' comments. Um, you know, talking about his joke, and he's like, you know, I've earned the right to joke like that with Ezekiel Elliott. And he's not wrong. He's right. Now, here's the thing about these running backs again. Like I said, you know, a lot of times they don't last that long. And even if they do, it's still kind of replaceable. You see Frank Gore. I have no idea how Frank Gore has played for 100 years, and he's been fairly healthy. He had those torn ACLs uh, early on at Miami. But... He just led the Bills in rushing in the last preseason game. Um, higher yard per carry than uh, LaShawn McCoy. Uh, I mean, Frank Gore, extremely underrated career. But is he replaceable? And I think the answer to that is yes. Frank Gore is replaceable. You know, even he could be the best back there, but he's still replaceable. Um, Zeke Elliott, for all that he does... Sneaky good receiver, too. I mean, he had 77 catches last year. It's pretty good. And we do know that Dak Prescott needs him. But I don't think you want a running back to just strap you down to the point where I can't sign Byron Jones. I can't sign Amari Cooper. I can't sign Dak Prescott. I don't think Jerry Jones is going to allow that to happen. So we'll see. Dude still... or. Did he just come back from Cabo? He's chilling out in Mexico, uh, drinking margaritas. Don't mess with those hookers out there. Um, you know, doing whatever he's doing out there in, in, in Mexico. Um, they say he's in the best shape of his life. He's down to like 220. 
Everybody says that every offseason. <laughs> they feel great. Best shape of life, you know, that whole thing. Uh, but we'll see. Who, who's going to cave in first? Who is going to uh, give in first? I feel like Jerry Jones kind of gave in first with offering him the uh, Todd Gurley contract after this whole thing even started. Turn that down. I'm interest, interested to see how this whole thing plays out. Now let's get to some wide receiver and defensive back stuff now. Two guys, two veterans. Let's talk about some veterans here. You have A.J. Green and you have Josh Norman. Now, A.J. Green, I, I think, I, I put out this list, right, on, on the Press Coverage Podcast early on where, you know, I, I ranked, or I didn't rank, I let Twitter rank top 10 receivers in the league and top 10 defensive backs. Well, neither A.J. Green nor Josh Norman were on either list. Now, I, I think most people think Josh Norman, yeah, he's not a top 10 corner. I don't even think he's a top 20. I know he's not a top 20. I, I think my Twitter followers as well will tell you that he's not a top 20 corner. A.J. Green, however, most people, I, I got a lot of people, I don't want to say most, but there were a lot of people that were saying the disrespect with A.J. Green, he's a top 10 receiver in the league. How can anybody leave him off of a list? He's top five. He's this and that. It's like, you know what? A.J. Green was top five. A.J. Green was top 10. Is he top 10 today? Now, you're, you're coming off of a, a, a season where, you know, a little bit down. Um, you know, his last three years have been kind of up and down, uh, not as productive. People say, well, look who his quarterback is. And I'm like, well, it, it can be much worse than the Red Rockets. <laughs> All right, it can be re- much worse than Andy Dalton. I I think his body, you know, like we talked about with uh, Andrew Luck, and you know him just saying like, "Damn, man, my body's going through this and that." I think AJ Green is going through a similar transition where the injuries are just taking a toll on his body, and I don't think he's a top ten receiver anymore. He's not that guy. All right, now is there still value with him? And I think so. What would you give up for an AJ AJ Green? A uh, draft pick, and, and I mean the, the 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 Bengals are in a transition period. They are at a time where they just got a new head coach. You still have a quarterback, and I think as long as you have a quarterback, um, you have hope. But is this the quarterback that their new head coach wants? Probably not. And I don't think Andy Dalton is a guy that people are thinking like, hey, you know what? Long term, he's the answer. I don't think that's the case here. So I think right now, if I am the Cincinnati Bengals, right now is the perfect time to move A.J. Green. Now, what do you move him for? I remember late in uh, Anquan Bowden's career, the 49ers, now it was a brother-to-brother trade. Harbaugh traded him to Harbaugh, so I don't know if there was some kind of brother love there. But the the 49ers got uh, Anquan Bowden for a sixth-round pick. Anquan Bowden, this was late in his career after winning the Super Bowl, and he went on to have consecutive 1,000-yard seasons for the 49ers. So there is still, you know, depending on the guy, there still can be value with A.J. Green if he ends up in the right situation. Now, what is the right situation for him? I think he can help a team in the Bay Area, 49ers maybe? <laughs> um, I don't know what the 49ers are doing with their receiver uh, group. Uh, extremely young right now. But what's his value? And I think his value is much lower than most people think. He's not Antonio Brown. They are around the same age. Antonio Brown has just been elite, elite, elite. There has been no drop-off. Even last year, there was a drop-off in yards where he had like 1,200. 
and still have 15 touchdowns. The drop-off with A.J. Green, he's had injuries. He's banged up, his ankle, his elbow, uh, whatever the case is, he hasn't been able to consistently consistently stay healthy for the last three years. I think uh, one of those years, like, it was like two years ago, you know, last year he wasn't. The year before that he was healthy, and the year before that he wasn't. So what's his value? I think fifth-round pick. Maybe, right? If I'm kind of going off of what Anquan Bolden was traded for. And I think even at that time, Anquan Bolden was in a better place in his career than A.J. Green. Now, in terms of Josh Norman, what is he? And what can the Redskins do to get out of that lucrative contract that they gave him? The, the thing with Josh Norman is he... I think he's always a bit overrated. I think he is a product of a scheme. Now, most most people are scheme. You want to put them in good situations that work for them. The elite guys, I feel like, fit any scheme. I, I don't think he fit any scheme. So, so when I say fit any scheme, um, Patrick Peterson, I feel like no matter what system you put him in, now maybe he might not be as effective if you put him in more of a zone-type defense, which I think he's been in the last couple of years. He's still been really good, but he wants to. you want him to be in a man-to-man-type scheme, right? Um, but even if you, he's not in that man-to-man-type scheme, he still can be good in no matter what scheme you put him in. Well, that was not the case with Josh Norman. Josh Norman needed that cover-for, press-bill-type scheme. He's he can't really run, you know. He's a four six guy, and he really plays like a four six guy. But where he won a lot of times was in his press bill. He had really good anticipation on when to drive in routes and things like that. Well, you start putting him in different things, and maybe he's a little bit older now, and some of his athleticism kind of fall has fallen off, and he's a shell of himself, which was already a shell of himself, if that makes sense. Um, he was never a tremendous elite athlete. So now, older, um, you know, maybe lost a step. You already were scheme scheme dependent. What is he now? And I think he's something that I don't want to touch. Uh, if I'm the Redskins, they're probably, I would look how to get out of that. Well, they drafted a, a cornerback out of UCLA uh, a couple years ago. How he, how has he played played? Uh, how has he played out? Um, you drafted, not drafted, you have Breland, but you let him go. You have Dunbar. I think that's the guy that was the receiver that went to corner. He was like number 40-something, then he's like 23. Anyways, um, you have a Fuller over there. No, Fuller left in the trade with, Fuller left in the trade with Alex Smith. So, yeah. I don't know who's putting together that team, but they're, they're, they're in some trouble, the Redskins. They're, that's one of the least talented rosters in the NFL. They do have a young quarterback. Even then, Dwayne Haskins got beat out by Case Keenum. Hmm. We'll see how long that lasts. Um, Redskins are in trouble, and not just because of guys like Keenum who beat out Haskins, but guys like Josh Norman who you're looking to lead your defense. You're paying him a premium. And he's just not that guy. So I talked about two veteran guys, um, Josh Norman, A.J. Green. I, I think out of the two, if I had a choice of who I want today, 
I would definitely say AJ Green. And even then, it's like, God damn, when is AJ Green going to play? Because AJ, isn't he hurt right now? He's hurt. That's tough. I think his value actually even dropped even more. I think he could be somebody that I would trade for, but I said a fifth round pick, I might give a sixth, maybe a seventh. All right, now the last thing I want to talk about are veterans that are under either pressure or could be moved, all right? So the ones I'm going to say could be moved. I already talked about it. Really, it's just one guy on here. Well, I'll say two. AJ Green, I already talked about his whole situation. Later in his career, new coaching regime coming in. Um, can't stay healthy. Can he be moved? All right. Now, another one is one that I predicted to happen with the 49ers. Uh, Marquise Goodwin. There, there is talent there. There is value there. I don't know if he's more valuable on your team than what you get back from him for him in a trade, but hasn't had a thousand yard season, really had one good career over his six seasons in the NFL. Um, he is a speedster. There is some value there. I, I think there is some talent there, but just the inconsistency uh, and injury situation. Can he be moved in a crowded young 49ers offense? I think so. Uh, uh, another guy, they, these guys, not, not so much, uh, will be moved, but just pressure. And there's two guys and they actually came from the same team. One, Juju Smith Schuster. Um, now he will be looked at to lead the Steelers. You don't have Antonio Brown taking away coverage, taking away guys, you know, the, the spacing is going to be a lot smaller. What will Juju do without AB? I think there's a ton of pressure because now people are going to be looking to see what that whole storyline, how that whole thing plays out. Um, Antonio Brown, just because of the huge spectacle that he's made uh, this offseason between getting, uh, you know, getting himself traded, you know, just and then once he got traded, the whole thing with his helmet, the whole thing with his Freddy Krueger looking feet. Just that whole whole thing and just seeing how that whole thing plays out. And then not playing with Ben Roethlisberger anymore. And how would that affect him? There's a lot of pressure on AB. And, I mean, shoot, when is he going to play? We'll see. And the last guy I want to talk about, he's not a receiver. He's actually a defensive back. But I think he has a ton of pressure. Tremaine Johnson. And Tremaine Johnson, uh, a year ago, was a big free agent name. Um, he was tagged back-to-back -back years by the St. Louis Rams at that time. I think the last year maybe they were Los Angeles Rams. But he was tagged back-to-back um, -back years and then got a huge payday from the New York Jets. Well, from all accounts, from what I've been hearing, he hasn't played up to his contract. And it's weird with uh, Tremaine Johnson because he's another guy where I think he excels in a certain scheme and he, he plays big time in that scheme. I think since... 2013, or only a few people have more interceptions than him. Um, his interception total is, is, is it's up there. Um, now, part of it has to do with, I think he had seven interceptions in one year, a few years ago. But interceptions, he, he's up there. He got paid big money. So now what are you going to do, True? And I, I think he's going to have a big bounce back year. I think Tremaine Johnson is going to do good for the Jets. I think they put some things around him. I think they have tremendous safeties in May and uh, Jamal Adams. Uh, but, again, the, the, the pressure is on Tremaine Johnson to live up to that contract. All right, so we'll see how he does with that. And that's going to be it on this episode. Again, I know 
I've been short with the episodes. I haven't, I feel like I haven't given out a ton of things that you guys just really don't know. That's coming up, especially week one of the NFL season. I'm moving right now. I'm starting to get situated. I'm about to start packing and moving some more stuff right, right after I finish wrapping this up. But um, stick with me. It's going to get better. And uh, yeah, stay tuned right here on the Press Coverage Podcast.